In the beginning, there was no sound, only the void. And God said, let there be sound. Mr. Watson, come here, I want to see you. And the voice of man rang out, and voiceover was born. And God said, it is good. Talking voiceovers with Rick Sellers and Wes McCraw. The big podcast where we talk all things voiceover. And now, Rick Sellers and Wes McCraw. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking Voiceovers. With special guest, Jim Meskimen. Jim was born in Los Angeles and is the son of Happy Day star and one-time America's mom, Marion Ross. Among his many credits, he voice matched Robin Williams as the genie in Disney's Aladdin franchise. He played Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's dad in Our Lips Are Sealed. And that's not all. Jim has done multiple voices on more than 40 video games. Voices George W. Bush and other politicians online in Jib Jab's animated shorts and toured various U.S. cities with his one-man show called Jim Pressions. All that, and he was a regular on season eight of America's Got Talent. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jim Meskimen! Woo! Very cool. Excellent. He's a big deal. Yes, yes, very big. Jim, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. Welcome to Talking Voiceovers. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah, man, I got to be honest. I'm a little bit intimidated because you're such a big deal. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're a really big deal, dude. I'm a really big deal. Um, <laughs> obviously. You are. All right. <laughs> oh, no, that's really kind. I, I've worked a lot. I've been, I have many, many great opportunities. I had a a wonderful start with uh, my mom, Marion Ross, who I just saw. I always bring her a healthy uh, green drink in the morning. She lives about 10 minutes away. How is your mom, by the way? She's good. She's doing great. She's uh, 91 now. No kidding. That's amazing. She wow. lives alone and in her beautiful estate in Woodland Hills. And uh, yeah, I see her every day. And now she needs a little more care, but she's well, she's healthy, she's ambulant, she's funny. Sweet. She's doing phoners like me, you know, <laughs> every day. Well, to me, she's one of those actresses that feels like everybody's mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. I grew up with her. We share yeah. her. But but the mom, the uh, Marion that you knew is different from the Marion that I knew because uh, Marion Cunningham was a character, of course. And uh, w- whereas my Marion w- was similar in a lot of ways, she was... Uh, uh, more mischievous, I would say, and more kind of scrappy mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and very inspiring, though. And in the end of the day, I have to say, looking back on my childhood, I got really super lucky uh, to, to have her as a mom because she was uh, encouraging uh, in, in my artistic pursuits, sure. which has everything to do with what I think we want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start just a bit out of left field. Um, yeah. <laughs> you had a show that started out on YouTube called Impress Me. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
and I believe has since moved over to Pop TV. No, actually, it it went through. Uh, it's no, this, don't feel bad that you got lost. Oh, the research uh, department sucks. Yeah, your research department. <laughs> that would be me. We we did a lot of things. We we did a lot of things in a kind of a weird way. So it started off, indeed, as you said, as a YouTube show uh, for Soul Pancake, which is Rain Wilson's uh, creative arm, and. Um, it it was very popular there. And then they were just eight minute episodes and it was decided, well, let's make these into 20 minute episodes and make more of them and try to sell it to cable, which we did. And it was on pop TV and it debuted and it ran on pop TV as a cable series. Then it disappeared from the Ken of man for a while, uh, while pop was <laughs> doing whatever they do. And, uh, and now it can be seen and it is, Available on Amazon Prime as a oh, series. Oh, very cool. Uh, awesome. So can binge watch it on Amazon That's a step Prime. up from Pop TV, I right, think. Right, right. Yeah, I have Amazon Prime, so I'll be able to watch <laughs> all 13 episodes. All awesome. 13 episodes. Yeah, and, and it's a show about impressionists. The writer-director, Ben Shelton, came up with this uh, wonderful story about me and uh, my character, very similar to me, and uh, Ross Marquand, who uh, is famous now for being on The Walking Dead. And, yeah. Uh, some of the Marvel films. And uh, so we, he and I teamed up as, as friends and he conceived of this whole universe of people that were all impressionists that kind of had a friendly relationship to one another, which, which sort of came true, which was nice. And uh, yeah, we, it, it's a lovely, lovely show. And there's some wonderful, funny moments and some terrific impressions in it. I cannot wait to watch it. Very I will cool. binge watch it on Amazon Prime. Oh, awesome, uh, Jim, you're one busy guy. Uh, looking at your filmography is uh, pretty daunting. I mean, you've done everything from Gordy to Apollo 13, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Battlefield Earth. That uh -huh. had to be a trip. Apollo yeah, 13, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah. Uh, uh, there Will Be Blood, I'm in. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I know one of my girlfriend's favorites is Our Lips Are Sealed. With yeah, Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah, that took us down to Australia. That was yeah. a, a job that Brian Cranston didn't want to do for whatever reason, and so I got to do it, and I got to play Mary Kate and Ashley's dad, which was great because my daughter was like ten at the time. So I I got to bring her and my mm -hmm. wife down to Australia, and we were in Sydney, and it was that had to be that had to be a huge event then for you for your family. Wow, very cool. Yeah, and that was good. It, I felt like I really scored as a dad, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you've done Transformers Dark of the Moon, Batman yeah. vs. Ninja Turtles, Superman Red Sun, Sounds Scoob, right. which I'm hearing good things about. Yes, uh, Scoob has just come out, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I have not seen it myself. Also, I'm in a new series, a new Thundercats reboot called Thundercats Roar. Oh, very cool. And I have a long history with Thundercats because I, when I was in my 20s, I worked uh, for Rankin Bass and I was the character designer for their fledgling show, Thundercats. I designed oh. all the, uh, not the, the main characters were already designed by the time I got there, but all the guest stars, all the vehicles, all the crazy weapons and animals that were introduced in each new script, I got to design them. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. Wow. I, before I became a voice actor, I was a commercial artist and I did uh -huh. tons of toy design. So yeah. I've worked on all kinds of boys' action programs and done vehicles and heroes and villains and did you have anything to do with Mumra, the the ever living? No, Mumra was cast. Uh, I didn't, but I, there was uh, there were things like that that I, I you know I got to do some really fun stuff. Well, that's really cool. We really have that in common. Then that's a very specialized skill. Awesome. Um, well, technically, you're a movie star, so that's pretty cool. It's got to be fun. I'm not I'm not starred in any movies, but I have been a, a you know I'm a working actor. I think of myself as a a a, a kind of a you know. 
a Swiss army knife uh, in the entertainment world because I really do a lot of strange little things, mm -hmm. impressions being one of them. I was going to say. Every now and then it fits in well with somebody's project and they go, thank God we have you. You know, the rest of the time I'm, I'm languishing somewhere waiting. I'm kind of like if, you, if you're an artist, so you'll understand this. I was thinking the other day, there's certain colors. If you're, if you, if you're an artist, and you've got a palette full of paints. You never start a painting without white. You never start a painting without, you know, a warm yellow, a cool yellow, a red, a blue. These are like stables. You know, you got to have them. Every now and then, though, you go, gosh, I wish I had some of that Payne's gray, or I wish I had some <laughs> of that, you know, that alizarin purple. Or, and if you don't have it, you're like, ah. But then, so I'm like the alizarin purple or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I personally like mixing things up. It makes it more interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm first and foremost a musician, and whether I'm doing that or voiceovers or recording or composing or commercial work, sure. keeps it interesting. Most artists, their, their capability of communicating in a lot of different forms is much broader than anyone ever gives them credit for. And you scratch any mm -hmm. voiceover artist out here and you find a musician, a, a painter, a cartoonist, they're all sure. multitasking. Yeah, right. Well, as a top-notch impressionist... Uh, who are your favorites to do, and how well, I'll much? Tell you of what, I'll tell you, what immediately comes to mind is that Tommy Lee Jones, because uh, well, he's just such a fine actor and he has such <laughs> a particular way of getting things across, and uh, <laughs> doesn't seem to give a damn. So good. You know what's great about that one to me is it seems nuanced. I'm no voiceover guy, but it seems like there's no real particular accent or yeah. much to latch onto. Yeah, for me, I don't know. It's very simple. And I just like him so much. I find, don't you, that the voices that you imitate, it's much easier when you really have a lot, strong affinity for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I learned to do Captain Kirk when I was a kid. <laughs> and I mean, it's one of my favorites to do. But I, as a, an impressionist yourself, what, how much voice matching do you do for film and television? Is that a big part of your career? Yeah, it's a big part. Uh, it's a big part. It's a significant part. Um, in fact, I probably do more of that than um, just what you would call straight narration when in my own voice. I have a, I have, you know, I have a side business where I do audiobook narration. So that's it's not really in it's not really in show business. It's not really TV and film, obviously. Uh, and that generally is is just my nice, clear voice telling stories clearly as I can. Sometimes doing characters, sometimes not, depending on the material. But um, the rest of the time, I'm doing things like uh, I'm doing Robert De Niro sometimes for, uh, you know, ADR for a movie. You know what that is, ADR. Yeah. And Colin Firth. Every now and then, almost every year, a new Colin Firth movie comes out where they need to do a trailer. And um, he's got something very long to say, and they want him to say it in a very brief span of time. Wow. So good, man. So do Colin Firth's voice. And, of course, I do uh, Colonel Sanders uh, on an almost weekly basis for the KFC brand. And I've been <laughs> well, doing that for uh, close to three years now, or maybe. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's, if you hear me on the radio, uh, that's me generally, or sometimes on the TV, too. Okay. And, although nobody's, nobody's licking their fingers these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great, man. Now that I hear it, it's recognizable as the voice I've heard <laughs> a thousand times. Yeah, well, I, I, I remember Colonel Sanders, the real Colonel Sanders, very much when I was young growing up. He did all his own commercials, and it's like, oh, I can't get that voice out of my head. I, I, <laughs> so when the audition came up, I was very, I was very confident. It's stuck in your noodle. Um, stuck in my noodle. Well, growing up, having your mom, <laughs> Marion Ross, as... <laughs> Uh, being on a huge series at the time, huge. did you get to visit the set? Or Absolutely, absolutely. I remember 
once I could drive, it was on so long, you know, it was on 11 seasons. So, mm -hmm. you know, it started when I was about 13 and then I missed the last part because I was off in college. I didn't really pay much attention to it. But uh, when I was 16, 17 and could drive every Friday night, I would drive down to Paramount and watch the show live. And uh, when Fonzie, you know, how they introduced the cast at the beginning of, uh, of a multi-camera yeah. show and they come out from behind the flats or whatever and, when they introduced Fonzie, man, the place just erupted. It was like the Pope or Elvis and, and Fonzie. Yeah, know? no kidding. Wow. Oh, Huge. Such an iconic character. I mean, everybody wanted to be yeah. him. Everybody had the leather jackets. <laughs> Absolutely. Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. Do you, now, do you know Henry Winkler? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I know. That's of course, pretty of cool. Course. I was I was a precocious little teenage kid, so I I pestered them a lot. And I, I have a relationship with Ron Howard that started there, too, because Ron was very kind. And um, actually, when he, he, you know, he left the series to become a director and to work for Roger Corman. And he was, mm -hmm. before he actually worked for Roger Corman, he was directing a film on his own on the weekends. And he asked my mom, uh, do you think... Uh, you think Jim would want to uh, come and work on a, a film with us on the weekends <laughs> in the summertime? And, and mom said, yes. You know, like she wanted to get me out of the house. So, yeah. <laughs> so I worked and kind of like set up lights and did pretty much what I did here to get ready for this interview. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then anyway, Ron obviously went on to bigger and better things, but later on I auditioned for him as an actor and uh, he gave me my first film role in a movie called The Paper with Marissa Tomei and Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I've gone on to do uh, four other films. So I've done five Ron Howard films, none, none of them very lately. But uh, Ron, if you're listening, I would like to do another one, if you don't mind. Sure. You're, all, you're always available. <laughs> uh, I know you have a YouTube channel. I do. You want to tell us about a little bit about it and how can folks find it? Yeah, you go to YouTube and you type in uh, either Jim Pressions, which is easy. Or my name, Jim Meskimen. Uh, I believe it's called Jim Meskimen, the Jim Meskimen channel. And, uh, you know, I fill it full of a lot of stuff. There are many, many, <laughs> uh, I think we're in the uh, over 1,600 videos now, which is probably way too many. But um, I use it for every kind of creative uh, impulse that I have. So uh, we do a daily celebrity fortune cookie where I, I, I spin a wheel and read a, a fortune cookie fortune in the voice of whatever celebrity comes up on the wheel. Do that daily. Uh, I also do uh, calls like celebrity calls where they call me on the phone. It's me, of course. And we have a conversation. I do lost Colonel Sanders tapes. Colonel Sanders talking to people in the past like, <laughs> like Einstein. <laughs> I've got to go hear this. Yeah, I've got to hear it too. And, they're, they're pretty, and Marlon Brando, the one where Marlon Brando called Colonel Sanders was really... Uh, one of my favorites. And uh, and then some serious work, too, some narration. Uh, uh, my daughter and I do a show where we talk. My daughter is uh, 29. She's a, an aspiring actress and voiceover person herself who narrates books. And we talk about life and things. And we have a wonderful friendship. So we have a good time. So it's chock full of stuff. And uh, you can waste a lot of time there. And, you know, it's 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 my life and all my creative impulses all kind of on one channel. Well, I would encourage everybody to go out there and check it out. So, <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. So, Jim, I was looking at uh, some of your Wikipedia stuff and some of the animated stuff. And yeah, not, I'm not some well the, represented uh, on Wikipedia. I don't, know, I don't know how to get into Wikipedia <laughs> and fix all that stuff. Uh, well, they mentioned doing a bunch of uh, video games, including uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, yes, which is a huge one. I remember one. that one. Now, it says on there that you do voice and motion 
capture. Yes, that was a. Kind Does that of, mean you put the suit on and everything and have to jump yeah, around? It was, a, it was a rude shock, you know. I mean, like you, I audition at home on a microphone, and uh, uh-huh. and they said, "Oh, you booked that thing." I'm like, "Oh, great!" And and then I they told me where it was and when it was, and they said, "And they need you off book." And I'm like, "I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, I need to have this memorized." <laughs> I'm a voiceover person. They went, "Well, no, it's mo, yeah. it's mocap and." So that was my first foray into mocap. And yeah, you go down there and it's this, um, I, I didn't take to it that well. I mean, I, I think you could get, make your peace with it. I was, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's really different. You're in a big gray room with all these little, what look like heat, see- heat seeking cameras mm-hmm. about, you know, two feet apart and uh, all over the perimeter of the room. The skin tight suit on skin tight suit, lots of little dots. They spend a <laughs> tremendous amount of time drawing dots. And I don't know if they have to do that anymore because this is quite a while ago and the technology has moved forward and leap by leaps and bounds. But, um, I don't know. It was kind of the whole thing. The whole operation was kind of military, kind of medical, kind of artistic. And, uh, mm-hmm. One of those worlds I feel very comfortable in. <laughs> so you didn't know that's part of the gig. You think you're going in for a regular voiceover gig and then... No, I just, it, it, I, I probably wasn't paying attention and I, I saw a script and I started reading it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's how you trap a voice actor. You just, instead of laying out breadcrumbs like birds, you just put scripts down and they pick them up. Yeah, exactly. Here you go. <laughs> Peck their way to it. Well, I've yeah. got to talk to you about the list of animated series that you've done. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you've done Superman, the animated series, which was one of my favorites. I love Bruce Timm. Uh, mm-hmm. Who did you yeah. play on the show? Were you just you know? Generally, players? they have me on to play uh, again voice matching. They they have me do presidents. Okay. Sometimes newscasters. So they do people that they already kind of know and they need. Like I, I did Eisenhower, and and I've done JFK quite often for various projects, including I believe the Superman uh, Red Sun uh, series. <laughs> Excellent. So probably was I, something like that. Wow, I cannot wait to check that out. I love Superman. and Yeah, the animation is fantastic. The story is very interesting. And uh, yeah, Bruce Tim does a great job. I love him. Um, as an actor, do you prefer doing film or television? Or do you like doing on camera, off camera or voice stuff? What's your favorite? Well, I guess you probably, you know, most people would say they 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 would like to do that thing that they're doing the least of. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, it's like the everyday thing that you could do, roll out of bed and do. And like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, I like that. But uh, so I, I uh, actually, I was uh, hired to do a, a little part in a pilot and also hired to do a part on a series called Glow. Uh, and both of those got shut down. Uh, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll open up again soon. So I'm looking forward to doing more on-camera work. I, I think that's more challenging for me anyway. Very good. Uh, because the vocal thing, I, I'm I'm pretty pretty secure at. I got a pretty good idea how how I need to do it generally. Um, although this morning I was trying to do Bob Hope for something, and it was like, wow, that's <laughs> that is very. You talk about Tommy Lee Jones. This is Bob Hope is really it's subtle, very really subtle. Particular. Yeah, and it will, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I think you have to have a certain sort of skeleton to pull it off, which is too late in the game for me. <laughs> but I'm um, sorry, yeah. Films, TV. I think I'd like to. I'd like to do more of that for sure. I got gotcha. you. When you when you when you start to do a voice like uh, well, you mentioned Bob Hope. Do you just listen to him incessantly and then just continue to try and, and grasp on the nuance? Or are you looking for certain catch phrases or key things he does with his voice? Or how are you? Yeah. At what point do you feel you've mastered a voice like a Bob Hope? It's a funny kind of process. I get asked about it a lot, and I, I'm sure you have your own experience with it, but. Um, there's, it's a funny thing. When you listen to a human voice, you get a lot of data. Mm-hmm. 
you get a lot of data about where they're from, what their age is, what their health level is like, what their energy level is like, like just their vitality and uh, maybe where they went to school or, you know, their experiences. There's, there's a whole lot of data in there. And I don't, I don't like, I can't separate it all out like on a spreadsheet and go and I'll click this box. I, I just listen and I try to feel what that person, what those sounds feel like to me if I have to make those sounds. Mm-hmm. And, and in that, interesting. with that viewpoint of that guy, um, and it's, a, I, it's hard to describe really, but, uh, and I, I, I find that it's like a lot of things that one studies, it just continues to expand and expand so that even when you feel like, okay, I got it. Well, maybe you got it to the point where someone will hire you. Right. But if you put those two voices side by side, it, it would be no, no problem figuring out which one's you and which one's the original, you know? So there's always a kind of a little bit of a chase that always goes on. Uh, even Colonel Sanders, who I've done for a long time, and I know I think we have a very similar timbre to begin with. You put us side by side, you know what the real one is. Sure. And and so I'm always trying to refine it, make it a little more accurate. And uh, luckily, I'm getting older, so that helps. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, and I've grown it this mustache, which I didn't have at the beginning of the job. And the mustache is enormous help. Oh yeah, I'm digging the mustache. It's kind of a. It's not going to sound the same without <laughs> the mustache. Just doesn't sound the same. I used to have to kind of, I used to kind of <laughs> had to create the sound of the mustache. It's very difficult. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jim, um, as an impressionist, I got to ask you, who are your favorite old school impressionists? I mean, people that that you admired growing up. Well, I I loved 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 Rich Little. I think he's still the the absolute gold standard. He came along at a time when television was very new, and when the celebrities of the day that were still active and and who everyone knew very well, uh, were still around and producing and in contact. And he, he met those people. I mean, he performed on the, you see him on the, on the dais with, uh, Orson Welles and Jimmy Stewart in the room. He's, you know, then that's a tremendous advantage, but he earned that advantage by being just damn good, uh, and, and hearing and really kind of picking apart those voices. So, I can't say I enjoyed anyone better than Rich Little, but I also enjoyed Fred Travellina. I also enjoyed uh, Frank Gorshin did a, a few voices that are just like, oh, my God. They're just <laughs> Yeah, I love Gorshin. I discovered a guy I had not heard of before, David Fry. David Fry, uh, yeah. Really talented guy, and yeah. uh, I loved his stuff, too. So there's so Absolutely. many folks out there that were really, really top-notch and excellent entertainers as well as impressionists. You know, and Sammy Davis Jr. got his start as a, a singing impressionist. And you I did not know that. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. I just found that out a little while ago myself, and it's uh, he's really good. That's interesting. But it makes sense, though. I mean, he was such a talented guy, now that, now that you say Super that. talented guy and super good at control. I mean, when you think about all the dancing and the singing that he did, and, and, and it was super precise sensibility. So, yeah, it's an interesting uh, art form. It's, it's, it's funny because it's not actually, unless you do what Rich did, uh, and say, well, this is my bit, and this is my career and my act. Uh, then you're sort of floating, and your your skill set is not doesn't fit into a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to build your own little universe. And I I've met Rich, and uh, I really have not gotten to talk to him very very intimately. But uh, I would love to ask him like what how he planned out all that and how he kind of organized and orchestrated his career because I think it would be very interesting because today it's you know you have a lot of popular actors that are also good impressionists mm-hmm. but that's not their thing their thing is they're on Saturday Night Live or they're in uh, they're in films they just happen to have that in their tool belt 
Very cool. Well, Jim, uh, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. Is there anything you'd like to promote other than the YouTube channel? Anything coming up that you can talk about? Oh, man, I wish I had something coming up. I, I imagine there's <laughs> stuff that's getting released. Uh, I would say, you know, impress me. Watch Impress Me on Amazon Prime. It's a super fun series that got zero press. I think they had just no budget to, for publicity. And so very pe- few people know about it. But it's a charming, charming show. And I, I think people that like impressions and like uh, good, clean comedy that is still kind of dramedy will enjoy it very much. Very cool. I will definitely binge watch the entire series. Well, Jim, thank you again so much for being with us. We know you're busy. You got stuff to do. So do. we're going to let you go. But okay. thank you again. You're awesome. You bet. Man. Yeah, that was very generous of you to talk to a couple of nobodies from Cleveland. Hey, so hey. thank you so much. Nobody's a nobody. Nobody. Nobody's a nobody. Thank Remember <laughs> that. Nobody. Not even you. Not even that guy over there, the nobody. He's not even a nobody. All right. <laughs> well, best of luck to you and uh, stay well and uh, all the best. You betcha. Thank you. Bye-bye. Are we really saying goodbye now? Yeah. Yeah, we're really saying goodbye. <laughs> right, see you later. Right. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Well, thank you, Jim. All right. We'd like to thank Jim Meskimen again for being so gracious with this time. What a great guest. Yeah, absolutely. Great having him here on Talking Voiceovers. So, guys, if you want to elevate your voice career, you need a great demo. You've got one shot at making a first impression. So make it count. Before you book for your next demo, check out primodemos.com. At P-R-E-M-O primodemos.com So go to the website, check out some of the demos we've produced for other voice talent. You'll hear the difference. Contact us and book for your next demo today. Thanks for checking out the podcast, everybody. Join us next time on the show for a season two of Talkin' Voiceovers when we talk to Mr. Porky Pig himself, Bob Bergen. You're despicable! Thanks, everybody! Be sure and subscribe to Talkin' Voiceovers. Hit like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Voiceovers with Rick Sellers and Wes McCraw. Find us on Facebook or on the web at primodemos.com. <laughs> <laughs>